What's up, Edgy Gamers? On today's episode, we're going to talk about spatial reasoning and spatial awareness games. If you don't know what those games are, don't worry. We're going to define that in the conversation with Dina today. We're also going to look at how we can benefit from playing these games, how they impact our lives on a day-to-day -day basis, and how they can be very supportive for younger players as well. So join us on today's videocast episode of Board Gaming with Education. Let's jump in. Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Statz. Begin with education, we're all about using tabletop games for learning or finding excellent games to play with your family or friends. If you have any questions about the games we carry at BoardGameWithEducation.com, you can leave a comment below or reach out to us directly at podcast at BoardGameWithEducation.com. We also have an awesome section on our website called Ask an Edugamer Expert, where you can sign up to schedule an appointment to meet with us if you have questions on how to play some games you found at BoardGameWithEducation.com or you're looking for the perfect fit for your learning environment, you can reach out to us there as well. All right, let's get into the conversation with Dina. All right, so I'm joined today with Dina. She is a social media specialist, and she's here today to talk about spatial reasoning and spatial awareness game. So I didn't know, I kind of didn't really know there were two different things. I knew about spatial reasoning slash spatial awareness that it's like placing board game pieces and you have polyominoes, which is really tough for me to say all the time, um, but I'm excited. So Dina, would you mind sharing a little bit more about yourself before we talk more about the topic? Yeah, okay, so I'm Dina, I'm based in Finland and I'm a mom of, of one, uh, which will be, you know, this will make sense later why I'm mentioning it now. <laughs> um, I do um, a lot of playtesting and I obviously mentioned I do social media and I'm, I'm really loving like game design and I've been working with games now for the past 17, 18 ish years, um, both in like community based uh, and also, you know, making games and, and helping to promote other people's games. So that's been a really exciting journey for me and now. Uh, landing into properly into board games with everything going virtual and uh, being able to to build a larger network. Awesome, yeah, and I'm excited. I mean, you mentioned your your one year old, so I'm not sure. I don't want to ask a question that will probably come up in our conversation. So I will go right into the topic and and defining both these these two games, spatial or types of games, spatial awareness and spatial reasoning. Could you kind of just give us a broad definition of both those? Yeah, first, just my kid is four. <laughs> um, oh, just, four. <laughs> yeah, he Real. just turned four. But uh, spatial reasoning is uh, when you're working with limited information and you have to come up with ways to see how the object would be when rotated. So it's us trying to imagine how would a specific polyomino fit in, for example, Tetris. So you can uh, rotate them or flip them inside your head uh, before you're placing it or even, you know, putting it there and, and trying to see, okay, which way is going to score me the most points. That would be spatial reasoning. As for spatial awareness, 
uh, that is more um, in terms of like uh, our position in relation to other things. So the board game is in front of me. It is, <clears throat> excuse me, on the table. Um, um, for example, when we're giving directions, how am I relating to other things in our surroundings? So, you know, what clumsiness would come in if you're having challenges, for example, with processing uh, for sensory issues. Cool. Um, so I, I wonder, the one, it's weird some, how some memories stick with you. And one thing I remember my dad mentioning about his depth perception is very good when he was parking a car. Would that fall into, like, I guess, spatial awareness? Yeah, because that is your relation to other objects uh, around you. So we're talking about allocentric and egocentric when we're talking about spatial awareness. It is, um, you know, you can say that something is to the north or, or to the to east. So we're using a top-down bird view. You know, you're looking at Google Maps. It is uh, a top-down view, and you're supposed to be able to imagine if you're inside it, how would I then navigate a map or a labyrinth or you know, we are navigating through the, the games, and that is an allocentric. In the egocentric, it is our relation in where I am right now, so something is to the left or to the right for me. Okay, cool. Awesome. So would you share with us, I mean, Tetris is a great example of a game. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't think about that for spatial, I guess, spatial reasoning. What would be an example of some of those games as far as board games? And maybe, maybe you can give an example of some that might be really great for people who are not familiar with a lot of modern board games? Yeah, uh, I personally love polyominoes. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, with my own challenges, because I have ADHD, so I have some pro sensory processing issues. Uh, so for me, working with spatial reasoning and games has been really helpful for me in order to improve my own skills. For example, I can't do a tangram for the life of me. I see the shapes and I can't put them actually together and I can't even imagine how they're supposed to be put together. So I work with, with games in order to improve this thing because it helps also on other aspects in life. For example, because I am really bored, um, because I'm struggling with, with um, the, the reasoning part, uh, I'm also struggling with, you know, geometry, it can X amount of books fit into a bookshelf or well, like how can I best um, organize my board gaming collection inside the Kallax? Like I can't do that. I have to actually put them in and see, does it actually fit? I can't just imagine it. For a lot of people, they will be able to imagine it. But games that helps with this will be like Blockers, which is really entry level friendly and Blocus. Uh, I asked on Twitter earlier today, people had like, what is your favorite uh, games which would support this topic? And they mentioned like Twerkle and Zuro, for example, where you're trying to have like a little dragon going through the maps and you have tiles that changing the, um, the journey through it. And um, yeah, um, Patchwork was mentioned, Azul, it's another great one, and Sagrada. You know, these things can be really good for, for this. Yeah, there's there's so many. And I know a lot of games, maybe that's not the main mechanic, but some games employ part of that as mechanic. I'm thinking of, um, oh my gosh, what's the designer? Ooh, Rosenberg? Is he is that the designer that <laughs> the Feast of Oak? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost all of his games. <laughs> yeah, you're like adding the, 
the like pieces onto the ship and the in your like field. I don't I've only played it a couple times, but it's all like uh resource management, but then also you're trying to fit it into your ship by placing the polyominoes onto the right yeah. side. And also he has, you know, like um, Indian Summer, which is my favorite of his games. Because uh, there's really like how the tiles are looking and how the placement is working. And the scoring just kind of makes sense to me. And my kid, who is four, will play this with me. And he thinks oh, it's cool. amazing. Um, so that's been one of the things that we work together. Because I don't want him to struggle with the same thing that I do. And also, you know, build a better future for him and all that. Uh, since I am a Montessori parent, I try to find ways to make uh, learning things um, in terms of like, you know, kind of like homeschooling um, more fun and engaging for both of us. Cool. And maybe maybe I can ask a question about Montessori schooling and games. How does that go hand in hand? Because I know parents are pretty, pretty, maybe fairly familiar with Montessori schooling, but not so much that with board games. Yeah, so um, we're, uh, when, as he has been growing up, my kid, I've uh, been looking at what he finds interesting and what engages him the most, and then providing him with the opportunity to do just that. And for him, it's always been playing games. He loves playing games. We, he comes home from kindergarten and he's all like, mommy, mommy, I want to play Zero. And then he will pull out the game from the shelf and we will play it. So I just make sure that the games that we have support something that can be able to use you know so he can learn something from them and they're not you know like locus and, and azul aren't really heavy in terms of educational so they're light but he's also learning something from it really cool so why i mean you mentioned some tie-ins to the real world in, in your experience can you talk a little bit more of why it is important to play some of these types of games and how that helps with real world interactions yeah, so um, obviously with special things you have, uh, it, it helps you with your movements and being able to locate yourself and be better to read maps, for example. Um, and um, it can help you just with sentence and grammar structure later to have a really good spatial awareness and reasoning. Uh, mathematics comes in as a big one, understanding like key concepts um, uh, in terms of, of the spatial reasoning for geometry and arranging numbers and sorting things. And also, you know, just like the sequences of, of how things can happen. Uh, and being able to manipulate sequences and creating your own sequences is like the, the basics of just understanding mathematical concepts. Cool. So, and I'm wondering, because I'm I'm terrible at these types of games, like really bad. I think maybe I just don't have the patience or I don't know. I just don't. Yeah, I'm probably similar to you where I have to put it there and figure out, does it fit? And if it fits, then I'm good to go. But I can't do it like in my head. If a game includes something where I have to like look in my head and kind of like, like you mentioned, move around and kind of flip around in my chair to make sure this piece, like flip it upside down to make sure it all works. <laughs> if it includes that, I'm not very good at those games. So I'm wondering, would it be beneficial for me to continue to play these games? Or maybe is there a connection to how this might benefit me outside of playing? Yeah, absolutely. For me, like I started with these games also while, while teaching my kid, realizing that this is something I'm struggling with. Uh, but for me, it's more about like odd shapes. So like triangles or hexagons uh, uh, are more difficult for me than 
than the Tetris ones because I've practiced so much now. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm noticing with myself that I'm getting better as I'm playing these games with my kid and I'm finding more and more increasingly difficult ones uh, of these type of games just to see like how far can we both push it and how far can I push it. Like how much have I actually learned from and not quite understanding like how can I win a game of Glocus to being able to, to, to be people who are played it a lot longer than me. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, and when I was moving and moving into my new place here just like seven months ago, um, me trying to arrange every, on all the furnitures went a lot easier than when I moved for myself uh, for the first time when I was 14 and trying to fit all the furniture in because now I, I've had all this practice and I was able to see it in action, like how much I've actually learned because I've been playing and focusing on teaching myself and others around me how this is actually affecting our lives. That's cool. And that's a good story because it reminds me of like the office I'm in and I, I've i arranged it. This is the third, fourth time maybe I've arranged it because I have to like put it all in place and figure out if it works. And I, I sit with it for a little bit and it's gotten more efficient every time. Like I'm better at using the space every time I do rearrange it. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. So, and I liked your your connection with an uh, education, the zone of proximal development. It's like that area where you just push yourself far enough to to learn where it's not too difficult and not too easy for you, where you're mm. you're progressing your ability to learn something. And I wonder, do you have any tips or ideas for how parents and educators could use these types of games in their learning environment or at home? You mentioned with your four year old. How did you start? How did you start doing that? Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, uh, obviously for me, the key part with Montessori is to observe the child and really see how they're interacting with things to find something that they can that can captivate their interests as well as something that they're wanting to stick with. Because uh, the key pillar with Montessori is really, you know, like the child will show you and will tell you uh, through their mannerism, what they want and what they need. So by looking at what he's wanting to do in terms of like the challenges that he gives himself when he's bored, I can be able to like anticipate what I should be able to provide him of other obstacles. And one of the things is, you know, he's really clumsy and he wants to climb. I'm not quite sure, you know, as all small kids, they're not quite sure where they are in, in you know, in the allocentric or even in the egocentric, that they're, they bump into things. And, and I can relate to that. I do that too. Uh, with my hearing disability, uh, one of the things that it very often affects is my balance. So I bump into things. Um, and being able to, to also challenge myself with these games, I've found that I'm bumped less uh, okay. because I am able to better adjust to the distances uh, in terms of my, my the, the egocentric view for the special awareness. Cool. Yeah, I'm trying to and I'm trying to think back when I was a kid if I maybe just didn't play a lot of these types of games. I know I know I did not enjoy Tetris as a kid. Like I had friends who loved like you know there's there's other versions of it and we had Game Boy growing up and uh friends loved playing that game for me but it just wasn't it wasn't for me. So I wonder if that yeah. kind of maybe has bled over into my adult life. So there are sensitive periods uh, for every uh, every human in their lives where learning is interesting. 
where you're kind of having to capture them within the specific times in mm. order for them to be interested in it. So knowing a lot about the development of, of the child and also us as adults, because we will go through phases where things are interesting or not interesting. And knowing how that function can help you be able to know exactly when to introduce these kind of things. So with my child, I would start out with like LiDAR games because he was interested in it. So I would, you know, we would work with sequences and numbering first with actually the numbers because that's what he wanted. And then we would go a step back and then introduce the shapes. And then we would work on, on, on doing, you know, like basic dominoes. And then we would in, do the, the triangular version of the dominoes because that is shapes in terms of numberings together and matching. And seeing that matching is interesting, then you can go into, you know, like Carcassonne and then build from there. And from Carcassonne, we were able then to go into blocus and larger shapes and more complex mm -hmm. shapes. And yeah, you mentioned you mentioned math earlier in our conversation. I'm I'm sure that introducing younger kids to these concepts even at that very basic level it's helping them further on when they're getting into things like geometry mm -hmm. awesome so the idea. one last thing maybe before we kind of wrap up here uh you mentioned montessori's like i guess the montessori philosophy and schooling could you share just a quick idea on where if someone's interested in that because that conversation came up and it's pretty hand in hand with how you introduce games to your four-year-old where could they learn more about something like that? Um, um, yeah, there's a lot of great resources in terms of books. Like I love reading, so obviously I'm going to recommend books for this. Um, there is a book called like The Montessori Toddler, which is amazing. I've chatted to the author while she was making it, and, and she's just absolutely phenomenal in how she's approaching it from both the educational, but also making it consumable for parents because you're tired you're not going to be able to go you know super high level on everything uh, and talk about the meta but you want to have you know actionable things that you can actually do and put into effect and see the results with your child and it's a lot about how we are framing ourselves and how we've been taught to like this is what a child is but actually um, telling the parent that you know any kid is going to be okay but just like observe them and look at what they're doing and try to keep you know like what we think that they're doing um, and just like write it down look at what they're actually doing look at the reasons why they're doing the things that they're doing uh, it's been really good for me because then you're able to like step back from the, oh, I think this is my kid, but then actually you allow the kid to come through and show them who they are rather than us putting into like, this is your identity. Cool. And that was called The Montessori Toddler, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. There is also a couple of books after that um, okay. that can, kind of continues the process. But that for me has been a phenomenal book. Really cool. Awesome. So before we jump in the game, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Maybe some final tips for parents or educators or anything else that you want to share about spatial reasoning or spatial awareness games? Probably like a lot, but <laughs> I'm having a brain fart moment. Yeah, yeah. no, that's okay. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm making an article uh, about the topic that I'm going to get published from because I'm writing for fundamentals. So there's going to be a an article there for me later, uh, maybe like next month, because I'm having a 
that are coming up first, um, where I'm going to talk more about the type of games and how you can introduce them, and a little bit more specifically on what each of the games do well in terms uh, of the special, the different awarenesses that are, and the approaches that they do. Cool. Well, I guess I'll leave the social media before we go into our game too, because if the article's up, I'll link it to our description or show notes. Um, but if not, be sure to follow Dina on social media so you can stay tuned for that. Um, and we'll put this up again here at the end, but we're gonna jump into our game. It is called, Is That For Real A Board Game? So it's a game about guessing games. I'm gonna give you three games. So actually, I was talking about this before, but all three of them could be fake board games, um, or it could be just one, or it could be two, So, or it could be none, but we're gonna do mm. three. And each one, you're gonna tell me if it's for real a board game or not. Oh, wow. It could be right. any. <gasps> yeah, it could be any. So we'll see, I mean, I'm experimenting with different games on the show. Sometimes, like, we played Wits and Wagers. I know I need to change some rules for that. But um, this one, I think, I think works well. So, Barbers is the first one. And Barbers, you and a partner face the Sunday rush as new barbers, giving customers all the cuts and shaves they need while preventing the pesky old barber of the neighborhood from stealing your customers from right under your nose. Barbers is a dice-drafting, action-selecting game for one or two players. You and your partner play Barbers, running a hair salon. There are three chairs in your salon and a queue outside your shop. So is that for real a board game? I'm kind of tempted to say that it is, but I'm actually going to go with no, I don't think that. Okay, so final answer? Yeah, it, I don't think it is. Yeah. It is a board game. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called Barbers. Exclamation point. And this is the board game. 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, it, I don't know much out of, about it except for that description and those pictures, but it is a game. Um, yeah. So we'll go to the that next one. That is board. fantastic. They totally lost a the point there for, you know, not using the Instagram famous 2017 beard. Oh, yeah. I mean, their marketing could have been, that would be so cool, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it seems like a kind of indie developed game for sure here. All right. Next one, Potato. <laughs> you know, it's a security game where each player play a card from their hand, a potato card, a corn on the cob card, and a flower card. In addition to cards, there are actual objects on the table, including a corn on the cob, a potato, a flower, and every player gets a B. Players need to act fast to place the correct object on or in the correct spaces, depending on the cards that are played. Is that for real a board game? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of things that you would have to have in like for yourself. Like me, I mean, the game wouldn't come with a potato unless you have like minis. <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing a red thread here through the items, uh, but that could be on purpose. It feels like it could definitely be some super indie. <laughs> 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 but no, 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 I'm not gonna go with no, I don't think it's the game. No, it's not a board game. <laughs> and you're correct. It is not a board game. It's based off the game called Mosquito. And it's a mosquito, a apple, a flower, and a bee. And you have to lay down your cards. And depending on the card you lay down, you either put the bee on the flower 
or the mosquitoes do something or that your apple does something. I'm not sure the exact rules, but yeah, they're like squishy little pieces. So <laughs> Wow. I mean, this looks like it could be like a proper kids game. Yeah. yeah. I bet yeah. the kids would love this. Yeah, I believe I've seen I've seen someone actually play this before. Um because when I, I looked up I typed mosquito board game and this came up. So that's All right. fantastic. <laughs> and the last one, garbage day. In Garbage Day, players take turns stacking garbage cards one at a time onto the overflowing garbage can or stashing garbage cards in their rooms. But once a player's room gets too full, they must clean it by stacking all the cards from that room on top of the garbage can very carefully one by one. If garbage cards fall off the garbage can during your turn, place them in your overflow pile. If your overflow pile gets too big, you're eliminated from the game. If all players have been eliminated, you win. Okay, this is funny because I actually had a game that's very similar to this that I did for a game jam once. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with that it is a real game because it's just a little bit too close to my silly idea. And it is a real uh, game. <laughs> yeah, uh, that could not be that that was not a game. <laughs> and it, it's based off of, I think, college oh, roommates. Yeah is the the idea you're you're living together with your college roommates or something something with roommates yeah my variation was called the dormitory so that sounds about right okay <laughs> maybe they were the designers were in the game jam with you <laughs> i doubt it highly doubt it <laughs> but yeah <laughs> 2016 that would actually be yeah that would be the same year i made this you'll have to look yeah. <laughs> i have to check it out <laughs> cool well dina thank you so much for sharing your insights i learned a lot i know our community learned a lot as well again follow her on social media dina said so or twitter dina said so one um would you mind sharing a little bit more about any projects or anything else or where people can i mean you mentioned your blog post but what else are you working on Mm, yeah, okay. So I'm currently working on setting up a website with all like actionable things that people can do for social media and in terms of being better at promoting their own stuff because I find that game designers tend to be kind of crappy at it. <laughs> They're good at designing games, but uh, when it talk, comes to talking to people about their passion, they all uh, seem to be a little bit intimidated. So I'm trying to help there. Um, so that's coming up. It's going to be marketingwithdina.com. Uh, it's still a little bit of work in progress going on there. Uh, but that would also outline all the projects that I have done and I'm working on. Uh, the one that I have that is coming up next is What the What the Party Game Reinvented uh, with Why Not Media, which is a really exciting um, kind of fun party game where you're pitching an, an uh, invention. Um, where you have this really quirky inventions from the 1880 to 1920s-ish somewhere. Um, and you're trying to give them a pitch as if you were on an investor meeting, which I think has been a lot of fun to work with. <laughs> and awesome. I'm also working on Terraternity, which is all about like eco-friendly board game and you're trying to reduce the CO2 emissions in the world, um, which is a lot heavier than, than the party game. And also Hyperwars, um, which is this really cool, real-time cyberpunk board game that I'm really stoked about. Awesome. Yeah, you have a lot a lot of projects going on. That's super cool. I've seen the What the What, and I know Terra Eternity a little bit too. 
Um, but what what there are some cool like inventions. They're really goofy from that time period. So absolutely, yeah, that is so much fun. To... <laughs> cool. All right, Dina, thank you so much for coming on the show, and yeah. we'll hopefully see you again soon. Absolutely, it's fun to be here. Thank you. All right, I want to thank Dina again for coming on the Board Game with Education video cast and sharing some insights. I know I learned a lot about spatial reasoning, spatial awareness games, and what those games mean to me as a board game player. Before we go, just a couple things. Um, board Game with Education, our newsletter. I say this over and over and over again, but it's, it's the place to stay up to date with Board Game with Education. It's everything that we're doing all in one place. We also share other resources that we come across, uh, a lot of great insights into game-based learning, gamification, and we also share a lot of games that we add to our store. We're always adding new games to BoardGameWithEducation.com. And just to highlight a couple updates that are coming out with Board Game With Education that you would find in our newsletter if you are already signed up. If not, I wanna share them with you now. One is our Board Game Crate. So that is something where you can sign up to receive these board game quote-unquote crates, but they're really just a box of board games Really excited for that. We're still ironing out some details related to that, so stay tuned. You'll see that if you go to boardgamewitheducation.com. When we do launch it, it'll be right there on the front page. Also, we're expanding our resources and we're opening it up to the community. Still working on how that's going to look and if you are interested and wanna join us on this journey, send me an email, podcast at boardgamewitheducation.com. All right, so until next time, We'll be back with another episode next Monday. Thank you for listening in this week. If you liked what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time. <laughs>